that means it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. We've got all our usual guests on the show tonight, including Jamie Snowden, Rod Milburn, Dave Wilson, Colin Brown, Richard Phillips, and of course, good old Simon Holt from the Sporting Life. small race going on in Liverpool this weekend so we might have a look at that as well. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. Let's get started as we always do with all the news from Mike Pat. Hello and everyone, welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news from across the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. To start our news this week, we have some words from Barry Johnson, who is chair of the Horse Welfare Board. Society is forever changing and... As it evolves, the racing industry needs to be one step ahead. In my role as independent chair of the Horse Welfare Board, I am very aware of general public's view and how it has changed over the years. I spent 40 years as an equine practitioner and I have had several roles where I have been more involved with the public, such as president of the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons and chairman of World Horse Welfare. This has brought home to me how much the public value horse welfare and how important it is to them. That was not the case 40 or 50 years ago, but society has become more urban and less rural and, with it, the sensitivities to animal welfare have become heightened. Research and polls carried out by various organisations over the years have shown that people want to see improvements in welfare in racing ranging from safety during the race to a treatment after retirement. Horses will always have accidents, so it is up to us to safeguard them by removing all avoidable risks. We are doing a lot of high-profile work on track safety. For example, by looking at the design of the hurdles, the padding on the hurdles and the positioning of them. Part of our job is also to keep talking to everybody in the industry and bring them on side. Communication is such an important part of the work we are doing and we need to take people with us. A lot of progress has been made. The Levy Board has invested significant funds into veterinary research to find the best way to both treat horses and look after them. And the Racing Foundation also supports a wide range of equine welfare initiatives. I have never come across anyone who does not want to improve horse welfare and the industry itself has made enormous strides to achieve this year on year. On that note, it was great to see how the jockeys adapt so well to the new whip regulations at the Cheltenham Festival. To see the whip used a lot less frequently and a lot less aggressively reflects positively on the riders who should be congratulated. 
I was afraid the racing at Cheltenham, which was absolutely first class, would be ruined by petty arguments, and I was delighted that wasn't the case. That will have been reflected in the general public's view of what they watched, and they watched excellent racing. Roll on Aintree's Grand National Meeting. That was some words from Barry Johnson, who is chair of the Horse Welfare Board. Now next here on the Racing News. Police in Cheltenham are appealing for witnesses after a man sustained, quote, life-changing injuries to his wrist following an assault outside the race course on the Thursday of the festival last month. In an appeal, the police said the victim was attacked by four men and was kicked in the wrist after falling to the floor. The group of men stole his jacket, which had a rose gold diamond ring inside. He required surgery to his wrist due to the injuries. The incident took place on the race course roundabout at around 6pm, shortly after the final race of the day and the victim was heading towards the coach park. Gloucestershire police are looking to speak to any witnesses or drivers passing by who can provide further insight. In a statement, it said two of the men were white with ginger hair and another was black. The statement added, Officers are appealing for witnesses of an assault which took place outside Cheltenham Racecourse and left a man with life-changing injuries to his wrist. Officers would like to hear from anyone who witnessed the assault and hasn't already spoken to police or was driving past and has dashcam footage they feel may be relevant. Information can be provided to police online by completing an online form and quoting in the of March 27th. There were several incidents of violence during the four-day Cheltenham Festival in March and seven arrests were made across the meeting. Yet the local council said earlier this week that efforts within the town to reduce antisocial behaviour from racegoers, such as urinating in public, had led to a, quote, substantial decrease in the complaints from residents. The race course launched its own Love Our Turf campaign this year to combat troublesome racegoers on the routes into the town. Gloucestershire Police reported a total of 547 incidents during the week containing the Cheltenham Festival. Next, here on the Racing News. Felix de Gilles will ride Roy Marge in the Randox Grand National next Saturday after James Revelry lost his race against time to be fit for entry. Roy Marge has been supported into a best price 50 to 1 with Coral, having been as big as 100 to 1 last month to win the race for the same owners who claimed the national with Aurora's Encore in 2013. The 11-year-old, trained by Patrick Griffin, ran an eye-catching trial at Down Royal last month when he finished a length and a quarter behind Longhouse Poet in second. With revelry unavailable, the Griffin team have opted to secure another leading jockey based in France, in De Gilles, who has ridden in the National when completing the course on Neptune Equesta back in 2012. Assistant trainer James Griffin said, Unfortunately, James is not coming back to ride for another two or three weeks. He rode out at the weekend and said his leg just wasn't up to it. Felix De Gilles is now confirmed and will take the ride. He has ridden the horse before. He was third on him in a graded chase in France in 2021. The fact that he has ridden in a Grand National and a couple of Betcher chases was a big swinging factor in going for him. He was always Plan B and James has given it his approval, so that's why we chose him. 
the big thing for us was to get a jockey who had experience riding in a national. Roy Marge is a multiple winner at graded and listed level in France and looks to be peaking at just the right time for Aintree. Excitement is building at the Old Town Stable and Griffin reported their stable star to be in fine fettle. He said Roy Marge schooled on Monday and worked on Thursday, so he only has one more blow to do and he's ready to go. There's rain due, so hopefully the ground is on the slow side, which would be ideal. He looks a million dollars. Next here on the Racing News. Sam Thomas on Thursday spoke candidly about the pleasure and pride he would take in winning next week's Randox Grand National with Our Power, whose part owner Di Walters was left in intensive care following a helicopter crash in November. Thomas, who trains at a property owned by Walters not far from Cardiff, was also on board, but he escaped serious injury and is relishing the appearance at Aintree on Saturday of Our Power, who has won two classy Grade 3 handicap chases this term. Behind Lemilos, the 20-1 chance, also owned by James and Jean Potter, is the shortest-priced British-trained national contender, and Thomas said... It's been a very tough season, and any winner we can train for Mr Walters is incredible. While the Potters have been huge supporters of mine since I've been down here as well. It's a fairy tale to have a runner with a chance in a race of such magnitude. Even being in the parade ring with all the buzz and hype is going to be an incredible feeling. For all the money the Potters and Die invest in the sport, it's only fair they have a good chance in a race on the biggest stage. Of Walter's condition, the former junk jockey who won the Cheltenham Gold Cup on Denman in 2008 added, It's been tough for him and the family, but he's at home recovering now and everything is certainly going the right way. He enjoys his racing and seeing the horses running and it gives me more of an incentive to try to do well with the horses at home. Everything is going the right way though and I can't imagine what it would mean to him for it all to go well, dare I say... I think he'll be watching the From Home with his family. Not since Kirtland in 1905 has a national winner been trained in Wales and Thomas, speaking at a virtual press conference organised by Great British Racing, went on. We'll be sucked in by the buzz and atmosphere when we get there and I'm sure we'll be dreaming, which probably isn't any good for any of us. If we were to win, it would be beyond anything any of us could imagine, but that's what this sport is all about. Tim Vaughan trains further down the M4 from Thomas and is also hoping to be the pride of Wales with Eva's Oscar, who won at Cheltenham in December and is a general 66 to 1 chance. He scored the grey over the national fences in Lambourne recently, which Thomas also did with our power, and victory for Eva's Oscar would put Vaughan's name back in lights. His stable enjoyed 102 winners in the 2011 2012 campaign but it has not been as prolific since, and he said, People say, why don't I do what I used to and buy cheap horses to run in the summer? But that doesn't work now. The middle-tier trainer is finding it quite difficult, which adds to the excitement and feel-good factor of having a horse running in the national. We've diversified and have a cafe, vets, dog day centre and all sorts on the yard to bring in an income and people almost see me as a property man now rather than a trainer. I put a video of Eva's Oscar on our WhatsApp group and said he was running in the National and people were gripped 
and realise my core business is training. It would be lovely to think the trophy could come back to Wales, and, with the greatest of respect to Sam, I hope it's us. And with the headline of 2023 Grand National, can Noble Yates repeat last year's Aintree heroics? Noble Yates bids to emulate some of racing's greats by winning back-to-back Grand Nationals, but just how good has his season been thus far, and how difficult it is to claim two Grand Nationals? Here's some questions and answers to finish off our racing news this week. Is Noble Yates a better horse than last year? Yes. Sent off a 50-1 to last year after finishing midfield in the Ultima at the Cheltenham Festival, he won the race off a mark of 147. This time around, he will race off 166, such has been his meteoric rise for Emmett Mullins. Pulled up at Autoil on his return, he quickly bounced back by winning a listed chase at Wexford, before impressively quickening away with the Many Clouds chase at Aintree in December. He has failed to score in his two most recent starts, but he shaped well on both occasions, including when finishing fast into fourth in last month's Cheltenham Gold Cup. Better than ever, and still young at the age of eight, we may not have seen the best of him. Now, is weight going to be an anchor? It takes a very, very good horse to win the Grand National carrying a big weight. In the last 10 runnings, only Tiger Roll and Many Clouds have won the National from a weight in the 11 stone range, and since 2000 that figure improves just to 7 horses. For Noble Yates to win, he will likely have to defy a weight of 11 stone 11 pounds, and the last horse to do so was Freebooter way back in 1950. Historical trends are not always the best guide, but given the amount of data we have on the Grand National, the task of Noble Yates is well documented. What about going back-to-back? Only two horses have won the National back-to-back since the Second World War. Those horses were the legendary Red Rum and fans' favourite Tiger Roll, two horses who excelled over the National fences. As mentioned, Noble Yates has time on his side and could improve even further, but he would need to beat a bunch of potentially well-handicapped horses carrying an enormous weight. Can stable form help? It is not the be-all and end-all, but it certainly can help. It has been a fantastic season for Emmett Mullins, who has won three grade twos, including that aforementioned Many Clouds with Noble Yates. More recently, he won the Johnstown Novice Hurdle at Nass with Corbett's Cross, and the stable is operating at an 18% strike rate this season. Mullins is a very shrewd operator, and he will have Noble Yates at the peak of his powers. Is losing Whaley Cohen a big factor? Noble Yates won the Grand National with the most successful jockey over the national fences, Sam Whaley Cohen. Although that win was Whaley Cohen's first national, he had previously won six races over the big fences, so his mastery of the course can only have helped. That being said, Noble Yates's new partner, Sean Bowen, is no stranger to the national course. He won last season's Topham Chase on Mac Totty and has a 13% strike rate overall at Aintree, so do not be put off by the retirement of Whaley Cohen. And finally, the trainer's view. Mullins told the Racing Post, Noble Yates seems to have come out of the Gold Cup well. He's getting a bit wiser every time and seems to look after himself a bit more these days. 
He needs a bit more coaxing, and Sean was under pressure and hard hat it in the Gold Cup, but when he got a bit of daylight, he flew home. I think he was last jumping the first fence in the Grand National last year and wasn't in contention for the first two miles, which all worked out in his favour. There is no rule of thumb with him. It's about getting the horse happy and confident with some space and getting the gaps. He will probably have to take the brave man's route again to get that space, but he negotiated it last year and fingers crossed can do it again. I will be telling Sean to keep looking back at Sam's ride last year. Balenz is under no illusions of the task facing Noble Yates, he said. He's been highly tried this year. We went down the Gold Cup route and he has probably gone up a few pounds since then. Tiger Roll won on his second national with 11 stone 5 pounds and we are trying to come back with 11 stone 11 pounds. So everything is just going to be a little bit harder. This has been this week's racing news with all the news that is the news across the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening. And please do join us again next time for the racing news. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media, including the Racing Post and the Sporting Life and Racing TV. And now let's have a look and see where we can go racing this weekend. Well, there are seven races over the jumps at Newcastle with a one o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Chepstow with a one twenty start. Seven races on the flat at Yarmouth with a one. 30 start and of course there's this uh, relatively small affair up at Aintree the Grand National of course and there are seven races there which uh, starts at 1.45 and finally there are seven races on the flat on the all weather at Wolverhampton with a 5.30 start and on Sunday there are eight races at the Curra on the flat on a 1.25 start there are six races over the jumps at Wincanton with a 1.50 start, seven races over the jumps at Huntingdon with a 2.05 start, six races over the jumps at Tremor in Ireland with a 2.15 start, and one race on the flat in Oaklawn Park in USA. And now it's time for another Equine Superstar. Equine Superstar This week we're featuring Oh So Sharp Oso Sharp was a chestnut mare and foaled on the 30th of March 1982 in Ireland. Oso Sharp was owned and bred by Sheikh Mohammed and trained by Henry Cecil. Amongst Oso Sharp's major wins were the 1984 Solario Stakes, the Fellies Mile, and in 1985 the Nell Gwynn Stakes, the 1000 Guineas, the Epsom Oaks and the St Ledger. Oso Sharp was ridden in all her races by American jockey Steve Cawthon. Oso Sharp was the top rated European three year old. She was retired at the end of 1985 to become a successful broodmare, but sadly died aged 19.
Now let's cast our minds back to 1985 when Oso Sharp and Steve Corfin won the St. Ledger. So they're all installed for this Holston Field St. Ledger. A small but oh so select field. And it's Kozdar and Lanfranco, and there isn't that much pace on early, and Leicester's not going to hang about. He leads on Lanfranco from Kozdar in second. Oso Sharp is third. Vardanti pulling very hard indeed in fourth place. Troy Fair up on the outside, and the main back in last place. And Leicester Pigott setting a sensible but by no means blitzing pace on Lanfranco. Kozdar is second. Oso Sharp third. Fair on the outside of Fardanti who gave Greville Starkey one or two anxious moments through the first hundred yards, and the Irish one in the main is last. And they've completed just over three furlongs, and Bruff Scott, Lanfranco in the lead. So it's Lanfranco leading from Kozdar in second, and then Oso Sharp is third. He's followed by Troy Fair in four. So Lanfranco, Bruff leading. Yes, he's leading. He's going a pretty fair gallop, though whether it's quite fast enough, are the others not being very uh, ambitious, really? They're not going to try and get the filly by uh, sacrificing themselves on the altar. So Leicester's got to make the sacrifice. He's got a clock in his head all right. It's a long, long way here at Doncaster. You've got a four and a half furlong straight and a lot of wind in their faces. But as Steve Corfin told me before, he's going just to sit handy. He's going to hope he believes she's as well as she was. He's going to hope her class is going to carry her through and she'll be too fast for him. But Leicester attacking. Troy Fair is going to go up there too, look and try and blitz it. They've got a... They've got quite, um, and it's not going to be easy for this filly. And Leicester has definitely quickened the pace through the first uh, mile and so now, and it's Lanfranco the leader from Troy Fair up on the outside. Kozdar back in third place. Oso Sharp four, Fardanti five, and Domain in fifth and last. And Paul Cook trying to make use of Troy Fair's stamina by attempting to get up on the outside of Lanfranco, but Leicester figure quickened the pace, and they're now turning for home. Just over four to go. It's Lanfranco in the lead. From in second place, Kozdar. The pale jacket of Troy Fair. And Oso oh Sharp really beginning to motor now. So with three and a half furlongs to go in the Holston Pilsen Ledger, it's Lester Pickett who looks round to see where Steve Corfin and Oso oh Sharp is. And Henry Cecil, if either of these two front horses win now, he's going to become the first trader ever to win a million pounds in prize money, and it's the Battle Royal. Just over two furlongs to go, and the filly goes for home. The favourite strikes, commits and goes, and Steve Corfin really has it all to play for. One and a half to race, and it's oh so sharp, but look at this, Fardanti is trying to go with the run. Kozdar comes with the run, Lanfranco next to the rails. Just over one furlong to go, and it's the filly oh so sharp in the lead. Trying to come back next to the rails is Lanfranco. It's oh so sharp from Lanfranco, but Fardanti, the joker in the pack, staying on. However, the finish that are winning coming up towards the line. Oh so sharp wins the ladder. Oh so sharp, Fardanti, Lanfranco in the main. Please clear from Kozdar and Troy Fair with sailed off. That is... So, oh so sharp wins the ledger. And Henry Cecil wins over a million pound in prize money. What a great horse. Well, that was oh so sharp and Henry Cecil's wonder horse. Now it's time to look at Saturday's big race up at Aintree, the Grand National. And we're going to start with Joe Tizard, who's got his runner, the big breakaway going. And uh, this is what Joe thinks of his chances. Joe, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, Grand National on Saturday, uh, the big breakaway. What chances has he got? Well, he's um, he needs to. He had a poor run at Cheltenham where he pulled up. But if he um, if you put a line through that race and you go back to his Welsh National run, he's um, you know, he, he'll enjoy it. He, he'll love the rain we're having this week. Um, 
because he can handle soft ground. He jumps very well, but it's a grand national. And, you know, we're just hoping that he runs. If he gets into a nice rhythm over the first five or six, he should run a run a sensible race, hopefully. Um, you know, I don't let myself drift away that, that he might win it or anything. We just hope that if he gets into a nice rhythm, then he'll run a solid race. And Brendan Powell's riding him, yeah? Yeah, Brendan's riding him, yeah. Um, how many nationals has he done in the past? Brendan? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest, how many times. He rode his fifth on Fiddler on the Roof for me last year, so... Yeah, so he's... spinning it last year, so... Um, but I'm not sure how many he's actually ridden in, but he's certainly done it once last year, and he, he had a lovely spin around there for me, so... Um, he's, um, he's, yeah, I'm sure he's had three or four rides around it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a... He knows the horse well, and we took him down the pipes, popped him over the fences, the national fences, and um, and yeah, he's, he was he was really pleased with it. Oh well, that's encouraging, isn't it? But I mean, it's it's such a huge occasion. I suppose. I mean, do you think that, that the occasion gets to the horses as much as the riders? Um, no, man, these, most of these horses have been in high grade races. You know, a lot of them will have been to a festival previously. So uh, you know, this horse has been to Cheltenham festival a couple of times so he knows he knows what's coming yeah yeah only the one in the national no we're going to take four horses up for friday and saturday but just the one in the national we're, we're talking the saturday because obviously we broadcast on the friday what uh, what chances have the other ones got on the saturday well the other one's Eldorado allen who was who ran in a gold cup last time for me um i've got him entered in in a in the stairs hurdle up there and also in a three mile handicap chase where he's dro he's got top weight but he's dropped to 158 um and he's been taking on the best all season so hopefully hopefully he didn't have too hard a race in the gold cup and and, and he can um whichever one we go for I, i'm expecting a big run for him good good okay mate well that's that's fine thank you very much for that and best of luck. I hope uh, I should be watching it on the telly and I hope to see your horses coming over the line first. Good man. Thanks, Eddie. So let's have a little look and talk about some of the locally bred horses to us down here in Somerset. Big Breakaway is certainly one of them, trained by Joe Tizard at Melbourne Port. And he's rated 151 in the uh, handicap, carrying 10 stone 10 and he's 33 to 1. So got a good chance. Brendan Powell is riding him. And we wish Brendan and Joe and all the uh, owners of the horse all the very best. Now, there's another couple I'm going to mention, just uh, because we happen to know them. And the first one is Sam Brown, which is trained by Anthony Honeyball and uh, ridden by J.J. Burke. Of course, Anthony Honeyball is literally two miles from where we're recording this show from. Um, Sam Brown is owned by Tim Frost and... Willie Frost is one of my best friends, so obviously we've got a little bit of an inside line on the horse. Um, he's rated 159 in the handicap, carrying 11 stone 4, and he definitely wants good to soft ground. Don't want too much more rain, really, from Sam Brown's point of view. But he's just had a wind up, um, and he's had one race since the wind up, and they always say that uh, the second race after a wind up is usually quite a big, significant increase and in improvement in the horse. He's 80 to 1, so a good each way bet. And we wish Sam and uh, Tim and Willie all the best and all of the Frost family. And hope he's going to have a good run. And then finally, because we've got connections to football, as uh, our regular listeners will know, um, back on the lash. 
Now, back on the lash is owned by good old Harry Redknapp, of course, and trained by Martin Keithley, ridden by Adam Wedge. He's carrying 9 stone 13, which is a lot less than some of the other ones we've mentioned, and he's rated 140, and he's 66 to 1 in the betting. So good luck, Harry. It's the same as everybody else. Hope you have a good run. And, um, yeah, we should be uh, getting all sorts of experts, so-called, coming on now, including Colin Brown and Richard Phillips and Dave Wilson and Simon Holt from The Sporting Life with all their opinions. And let's face it, there's an awful lot of opinions going around when it comes to the Grand National. So um, we can't guarantee any of them are going to win. But it would be nice if we could pick the winner, I must admit. And it would be even nicer if that horse came from around here, i.e. in Somerset. So... Best of luck to all the local riders. In fact, best of luck to everybody riding in the Grand National. We all know what a race it is, and it's got a, it's got a bit of a, a reputation for being a race of attrition, and I'm sure it will be. But um, at the end of the day, it's a huge, huge spectacle. So I hope you'll all enjoy it. Well, no Grand National entry this year for Jamie Snowden, but here he is anyway to give us his opinion on the big race. Well, good evening, Jamie. Thanks for joining us on the show. A little bit earlier than usual in the week this week for us, but um, uh, obviously uh, we're recording on Wednesday, but it'll be going out on Saturday. So if we can talk about your horses uh, for Friday and Saturday, really, more than than uh, Thursday, because obviously it'll be, you know, pointless because uh, i suppose having said that it'll it'll show us what a good tipster you are won't it that's one thing about yeah, well, it <laughs> something like that so let, let's just start with garlaw then i mean um you know you, you've you've uh you've persevered and uh you know has he got another big race in him yeah i mean listen he's a good horse ad as, as you well know he won the uh he won the paddy power um gold earlier earlier this season he's he's a grade two winner as well so he's a he's a very talented individual he ran a great race probably a career best one fifth in the Ryanair at the Cheltenham Festival last time out steps up in trip in, in the grade one bowl here um up at Aintree on Thursday obviously it's a it's a very very hot race um but there's a few question marks to, to the some of the, the the main protagonists have got to answer so if any of them slip up, then there's decent prize money on offer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good luck with that one anyway. And then uh, we're looking at Kill Chiggy Bridge. You wear it well. Well, now you wear it well once Cheltenham. Um, what chance at Aintree? So, yeah, she, she was, um, she's been a, a, a very decent horse this year, winning four of her five starts, including at the Cheltenham Festival last time out. She won a grade two the time before that as well. So um, she's a very decent mare. She, she runs. Um, we, we're we're going to run her on Saturday. Um, in the in the two mile four grade one, um, it's a, it's going to be a very good race as you would expect. Obviously, decorations going tomorrow. We don't quite know what what runs, but um, it will be a good race. And uh, but she's in good form and hopefully goes there goes there with a decent chance. And, and as far as you're concerned, I mean you've got her in in peak condition, I'm sure. So you know she she must stand a good chance, surely. Well, listen, you, you never find a bad grade one, to be honest with you, AD. So it's going to be very, very hot. It's going to be hard. She takes on boys. She does have a seven-pound allowance. Um, she won carrying a carrying a penalty at, at the festival against her own sex, and she gets an allowance here against against the boys. So um, that that should stand her in good stead. Uh, stepping up in trips to mile four should help. There's a little bit of rain around again. That should help. So um, yeah, she she goes there with a decent chance, but. Uh, as I say, you, you don't find a bad grade one. 
Okay, and then uh, you've got uh, phone home at Chepstow. What chances he got? Yeah, well, we'll stay on the ancient. We've got Kiltilly Briggs running um, over the Grand National Fences in the Topham. Right. Um, he won a, a he won a very good race at stuff this season at Market Race, and he's come down below that last winning mark um, over the National Fences, fresh and well. So hopefully he goes there with a chance. And we run Colonel Harry in the Grade One over two miles. So he's um, he's won twice this season. He's been placed in Grade One and Grade Grade Two company this year, but um, obviously he's stepping up in grade and and. Uh, you know, he's a very decent horse. He'll be a lovely novice chaser next year. But um, hopefully there's a bit, as I say, there's decent prize money on offer in that race. And hopefully he can run his race too. OK, well, let's switch to Chepstow now. Um, phone home. Phone home, having her first start. Um, she's by telescope out of a out of a, a bob back there. She's having her first start. She jumps, jumps hurdles well. And she runs in a junior national hunt development hurdle race. So... Um, Yes, it's obviously her race course debut, uh, but she, she goes nicely at home and hopefully she can have a, a nice race. She looks to have a, a she looks to have a future um, if she can run a nice race here and hopefully she can build on it going forwards. Good one to get on first time out. I always believe when you can get a first time out one to win, you're always uh, well away on the batting front. Um, and then, of course, we've got um, Ebonello. She's in a couple of races. Um, she wouldn't want the ground too soft, so... She may not run. Right, okay. And Bucko's boy? Again, he wouldn't run the ground too soft, so he might not run. Right, okay. Well, that more or less covers it, I suppose. You've got one on Sunday. I've got two. You've got three on Sunday, actually. Are there any of those likely to go? Wincanton, or two at Wincanton and one at Huntington? Yeah, I think Jack, Jack Spratt, I think, will go down to Huntington. Double click maybe, depending on the race. Um, Huntington, um, Sholokov, cocktails in, but she might be balloted out. Yeah, OK. So, a busy weekend for you, certainly. Uh, yeah, well, I hope, I hope a busy time up at Aintree. Obviously, great racing. Hopefully, um, hopefully, a couple of them can run nicely. And, and I know you haven't got a runner in the Grand National, but uh, any particular fancy? Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't really looked who's running. <laughs> OK. So, uh, I, I'd, probably, I'd probably go Dale's work. He was very impressive up at, up at Cheltenham yeah. um, the last eight. Um, yeah, gold cup type horse running in a handicap. So yeah, we go tell us to work. Be my tip then. Okay, Jamie. Well, that's great. Thank you very much for that, as usual. And um, we'll talk to you again next week. All being well. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks, Eddie. Have a good weekend. See you soon. Well, that was Jamie Snowden, and now we're going to catch up with another trainer. But this time he has got a runner in the Grand National. It's Joe Tizzer. Joe, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, Grand National on Saturday. Uh, the big breakaway. What chances has he got? Well, he's um, he needs to. He had a poor run at Cheltenham where he pulled up. But if he um, if you just put a line through that race and you go back to his Welsh National run, he's um, you know, he, he'll enjoy it. He, he'll love the rain we're having this week. Um, because he can handle soft ground. He jumps very well. But it's a Grand National, and you know, we're just hoping that he runs. If he gets into a nice rhythm over the first five or six. He should run a run a sensible race, hopefully. Um, you know, I don't let myself drift away that, that he might win it or anything. We just hope that if he gets into a nice rhythm, then he'll run a solid race. And Brendan Powell's riding him, yeah? Yeah, Brendan's riding him, yeah. Um, how many nationals has he done in the past? Brendan? Um, 
I'm not sure, to be honest, how many times. He rode, he was fifth on, fiddler on the roof for me last year, so... Yeah, so he's... spinning it last year, so, um... But I'm not sure how many he's actually ridden in, but he's certainly done it once last year, and he, he had a lovely spin around there for me, so... Um, he's, um... He's, yeah, I'm sure he's had three or four rides around it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a... He knows the horse well, and we took him down the pipes, popped him over the fences, the national fences, and, um, and yeah, he, was, he, was, he was really pleased with it. Oh, well, that's encouraging, isn't it? But, I mean, it's it's such a huge occasion, I suppose. I mean, do you think that the occasion gets to the horses as much as the riders? Uh, no, man, these, most of these horses have been in high-grade races, you know. A lot of them will have been to a festival previously, so, uh, you know, this horse has been to Cheltenham festival a couple of times so he knows he knows what's coming yeah yeah only the one in the national no we're going to take four horses up for friday and saturday but just the one in the national we're, we're talking the saturday because obviously we broadcast on the friday what uh, what chances have the other ones got on the saturday well the other one's Eldorado allen who was who ran in a gold cup last time for me um i've got him entered in in a in the stayers hurdle up there and also in a three mile handicap chase where he's dro- he's got top weight but he's dropped to 158 um and he's been taking on the best all season so hopefully hopefully he didn't have too hard a race in the gold cup and and, and he can um whichever one we go for I, i'm expecting a big run for him good good okay mate well that's that's fine thank you very much for that and best of luck. I hope uh, I should be watching it on the telly, and I hope to see your horses coming over the line first. Good man. Thanks, Eddie. Okay, Joe. Thanks a lot, mate. See you soon. It's time to catch up with Richard Phillips over in Gloucestershire with his idea of the winner of the Grand National. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Um, thanks for joining us again. Um, it's been a busy day today, and uh, a predictable result up at Aintree. Yeah, it's Constitution Hill once again was incredibly impressive he um, stepped up in trip to two and a half miles it wasn't a bother to him it's also running a point to point before coming to Britain run over further in the past but of course he won a champion hurdle uh, he's got all the speed he's got all the stamina he's got every single trick in the book uh, he's an outstanding racehorse and let's hope he keeps it one piece because he really is doing racing ahead of a lot of good because it's all about the horse and everyone loves Constitution Hill yeah, and everybody loves a, a champion racehorse, don't they? they? They get taken to their hearts. Absolutely. He's the ultimate athlete. He jumped so well at Aintree. Um, he just went from, from hurdle to hurdle and really, you know, has such athleticism. He, um, he's, in many respects, we can't wait to see him over a steeplechase fence as well. And I'm sure he'll do it. Uh, just as well over fences, but let's hope uh, we see lots more of him and he stays in one piece. Because uh, they are athletes, they do get injured just like humans do, but hopefully if he stays in one piece, doesn't get injury, we've got a lot to look forward to. Excellent, okay. Now, I gather Shishkin won as well today. Yeah, Shishkin stepping up in trip uh, again, like Constitution Hill, it's no bother to him. He, he got every inch of the three mile one, he looked as though he was going to struggle. Um, turning for home but he, he kicked in the old stamina as we've been saying for a while this horse is probably been running over a trip shorter than his best he stepped up to three miles for the first time today and he was um, as ever uh, a brilliant winner he um, went and challenged uh, Hoy Senor at the last and went on to win well and he looks as though he is a gold cup horse for next year well that's another interesting result then isn't it we have to I mean it's um, I know the Irish dominance has been um, 
spoken about, but it's great to see two great horses trained in Britain by Nicky Henderson. Um, and uh, although both horses are Irish bred, um, they're owned, one owned by an Irish family, one owned by an Englishman, and it's a great universal sport to see great horses. It's always a pleasure. And of course, we've got the ult we've got the ultimate in uh, races on Saturday in the Grand National. Yes, the best ten minutes of the year always is, and uh, we've got a great race in prospect. The ground should be doing up perfect. There's a bit of rain forecast, but the ground should be on the good to soft side. Should suit most horses. And the favourite's Correct Rambler. He's ten pounds well in, having won the ultimate chase at the Cheltenham Festival this year. Uh, he would have gone up another £10, but the weight for the Grand National came out before Cheltenham, and therefore he's luckily running off £10 there, so his favourite for Scotland, Lucinda Russell, of course, won the race of the past with one for Arthur. Derek Fox looks as though he's going to be back from injury in time to ride him. He's got a great chance, current Rambler, but it really is 40 runners, and well, you find it, they've got many horses you look at a line through. There's a lot of horses with a lot of chances in the race. Well... Come on, give us a few that you think are going to do well. Well, I've, I've been thinking Gallard de Manil would be winning the Grand National for about a year now. He won the three-mile-five novice chase at Shelton Festival um, about a month ago. He had quite a hard race there, but uh, he was third in the Irish Grand National last year. He should get the trip. If that Shelton race hasn't taken too much out of him, I think Gallard de Manil has got a great each-way chance. He's a 14-1 shot at the moment. It'd be shorter, I think, on the day, and uh, ridden by um, the great, the great jockey himself. So, um, you know, he won the Irish National, I Maximus, and um, it, it's going to be a great, great race. But I think Claude Manil, if I could pick one, but there's also a horse in there, Roy Marsh. Um, he's a 40 to one shot at the moment. He's handicapped to run very well. Capadano is an outsider on the Willie Mullins. In many respects, he's only run once over fences this year, but Willie Mullins thinks he's a gold cup horse, so um, hopefully, if he is, he'll run very well should he get round. That's Capadano, and, and there's an outsider there called Sam Brown, Anthony Honeyball's horse. Sam Brown is a big prize, but he's, he won well over the park fences at the festival last year um, at this meeting, so hopefully, if he gets round. Uh, and the ground has got enough cut in it. I think Sam Brown could be a big runner. Well, it's, it's funny you should mention Sam Brown because, um, as you know, he's trained by Anthony Honeyball, who is literally a couple of miles down the road from me. But um, I know Tim, Fra uh, Tim Frost very well, uh, and I also know his son, Willie Frost, very well. They, they are both members of our cricket club. So, of course, we've been, we've been following Sam Brown. They're just a little bit worried about the rain that may or may not come. So... Uh, be warned by that one, but uh, obviously at 80 to 1, we'll have a little bit each way from here, I'm sure. Yeah, I think he, he, he likes a bit of cut, um, and he should get it. There's rain forecast before the race, so hopefully um, it, it'll be safe enough for all horses. So, But Sam Brown, obviously, like most horses, has not been running over this extreme trip in the past. He looks as though he'll stay. He's run a couple of cracking races this season already, side out the season very well at Weatherby, uh, in beyond some good horses. So he's definitely got the class to run very well. So uh, Sam Brown, 80 to 1 in places at the moment. He might be an each-way bet for the big one. And ridden by Jonathan Burke, an excellent jockey. Yeah. Uh, so Jonathan Burke takes the ride. 
and he's also had a a, a, a wind up over the last well not before not uh, not this last race before the last race he had a wind up as well so as I yeah, understand it that so. that makes a difference it certainly does and um, you know these wind ups can give horses uh, a bit of confidence especially a run or two after they've they've had it as it were so once they know they can breathe a little bit better they tend to um, run a better race, so let's say that's the case because I've had a fiver each way on him. <laughs> Jolly good. Well, I think I might have a bit more than a fiver each way, but we'll see. Um, so, okay, well, you've had a fiver each way on Sandban. Is that is that your main bet, or are you, have you gone for one of the others? Well, I've also had a little bet on back on the lash because I bre I part bred him, so he's had a man called Giovanna that I trained trained a few winners. I bought Giovanna for four thousand quid in a stall, and she was a great race horse for us, and. Uh, one of my owners took her on as a broodmare and she's been a great broodmare. Back on the lash, running for Harry Redknapp. He would want the ground as good as possible. He wouldn't want it too soft. Right. Uh, but he won the cross-country race at Cheltenham, Cheltenham earlier in the year and he's a great little jumper and uh, he's only the size of Red Rum, but if he runs like Red Rum, he'll be chuffed. Okay, so any others that you fancy or is that about it? You've got half the field well, already. <laughs> I, I mentioned most of them, but I would have said that um, obviously Noble Yates has got a chance. He's up in the weights this year. Um, there are a lot of horses there with a lot of chances. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think uh, Lemilos uh, is probably the shortest prices of the, of the English trained horses, trained by Harry uh, Dan Skelton, written by Harry Skelton. So there's a, there's a lot of horses there with a lot of chances. And that's why it's a great race. But for me, Gallardo Manil, I've been thinking he's going to win the Grand National for about a year now, so uh, I'm not going to go off him at this stage, but I do think it's a bit of each-way value, and I think Ramage, R-O-I-M-A-G-E, he's the one, I think, from Ireland that could be well-handicapped and could spring a bit of a surprise. Lovely job. Okay, Richard, well, um, I'm uh, looking forward to the races, I'm sure you are, so that'll give us a little bit of extra to, uh, to look at. What about our power? Because I fancy that. Well, I know Sam Twiston Davis, who rides, is really pleased with him. He scored him over fences the other morning, over the Grand National type fences. Trained by Sam Thomas. It'll be a victory for Wales. Great to see the race. Ireland, Wales, Scotland, England, all challenging for this great race. There's a French connection as well. So, um, but I think our power won the um, at Kempton, a three mile, a very competitive three mile chase. Uh, it'll be a step up to him over this trip, but I know Sam Davis is really looking forward to riding him. Wouldn't put anyone else off backing him, and uh, I think he's probably about a 20 to 1 shot, so it's a good each way price. Okay, well, that's lovely. Thank you, Richard. Um, I hope you're going to enjoy the race as much as I will, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week if that's all right. Yeah, may all the horses come back safely and may be all back a winner. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks then, Richard. Speak to you soon. Thanks, Thanks very much. Cheers, Adrian. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, that was Richard Phillips with his ideas of the winner of the Grand National. So here we are. We've probably got about half the field chosen already. And we've still got Colin Brown, Dave Wilson and Simon Holt to come with their selections as well. So uh, I don't think you're going to be spoilt for choice when it comes to the Grand National. OK, next up, it's the cheeky chappy himself. It's Colin Brown with yet more suggestions for the Grand National. I reckon we'll probably cover half the field by the time we've finished. Well, good evening, Colin. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, you? Oh, yeah, not too bad, really. Not too bad. 
Uh, apart from the fact that my football team's playing tonight and I'm a nervous wreck, but uh, I shall survive. Don't worry, it's only a football match. Yeah, matter of life and death, as they say. So, come on then, what have you got for us today then? Have you got anything well, sensible? Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. For Saturday, we're going to crack away to Yarmouth. Then we'll go down to Chepstow, where there's about ten races. Um, and then we'll go to Aintree for the big one, yeah? Yeah, sounds good to me. Right, winner for your Yarmouth kicks straight into a winner. It's called Daphne May. Daphne, that's not a... You don't hear of any girls called Daphne anymore. I used to know a girl called Daphne Dibbon. And um, she used to live me, near me at home. She was a sort of a bit of a re sort of distant relation, if you like. Oh, right. um, But I haven't heard of a Daphne for years, have you? No, I haven't. I... the other day for Gary Moore. Yeah. No, I haven't. I have to say that. Yeah. What race was Daphne May in? In the 205 at Yarmouth. I bet, I bet, I bet. Um, I bet Mary knows someone called Daphne. Well, it's so perhaps more uh, more in 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 Mary's wage, West, West uh, uh, age group, isn't it? Really? Do you know what I mean? It's a bloomin' rude. Hey, don't it's a bloomin' rude. She won't be following you too much. Uh, your program too much more. If you start being rude to Mary, uh, listen, you'll be in trouble. Listen, mate. When it comes to being rude, you are the master. So don't start bloody staring it up there. Hey, <laughs> what a toss! Sorry, Mary. Oh, I Sorry, don't know. Mary. <laughs> Anyhow, let's get back to the racing. Yeah. Daphne May, that's the one that I think will win the 205 at Yarmouth. Okay, fair enough. Well, I like uh, the jockey, I must it, admit. I reckon he's mustard. Billy yeah, Longmane. Yeah, very good. Billy Longmane, it's called, not Longmane. Oh, well, um, yeah. Anyhow, doesn't matter. No. And the next race, I think we'll go to um, Jamie Spencer on Simcox Horse called Charlie's Choice. He ran quite well at Lingfield last time out. That's in the 2.45. Ran pretty well at Lingfield last time out on the all-weather. He was beaten a few lengths, but it wasn't a bad run. And I'd say he'd be good enough to win the 2.45. Um, right. E oh. Let's switch over here. Um, Lockname, I think, will ride another winner at Yarmouth on a horse called... Harry with style. Um, it runs in the 3.55. It won last time out uh, on the turf. That was at Bath. And it won by a couple of lengths down there. And, you know, to win a couple of lengths at Bath over five and a half, not a bad effort. Um, and it's trained by John Ryan. Good little trainer. I think it'll win again. Okay. Harry with, with style. And, and I see Billy Nongmain's on it, Owen. Yeah, there's a long lock name he's called. Lock name, yeah. Them long name, if you like. Yeah. 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 So that's what we think. Okay. Right. Um, let's get Chepstow. We got a lot of runners down at Chepstow. Yeah. A lot of runners down at Chepstow. Um, and I think there's eight races at Chepstow on Saturday. Yeah. Mm. Let's just flick it over. Yeah, it doesn't seem on the flick over just at this minute, but it will do. Here we are. Right, we are heading to Chester. Our first race is about 12.45, novice hurdle. And, you know, when there's a Grand National meeting, everybody wants to be at the Grand National riding. But um, the great thing about it is a lot of the jockeys that aren't riding at the Grand National will be picking up some reasonable rides down there at um, Chester and riding for a a few people that they wouldn't sort of 
normally ride for, if you like, um, which is always, you know, it's always quite, quite, quite a good thing. Um, right, Chepstow, um, 12.45, one twenty. Let's have a look at the one twenty. It's a junior national hunt herder, and um, Tom Cannon, who not riding the Grand National, rides a horse here called Gina, and that's for Nicky Henson, and wouldn't be any superstar, but probably wouldn't have to be to win the 120. So number four, Gina, to win the 120 down there at Chepstow. Right, yeah. <clears throat> Are you doing like a little Grand National draw in your local pub or no? Uh, well, I told you I'm banned from my local pub, so no. Oh, I didn't mean that one, but the pub... The pub oh, the, the one I do go to, you mean? To. Um, yeah, they probably will do it, but I, I, I'm, I'm going over there tomorrow, so I'll find out then. Yeah, okay. I haven't actually cool, got cool, one cool. yet. No, all right. Right, on to the... Um, on to the... Uh, ooh, the 310. Um, and Gary Moore's also in tremendous format. He had one, just got beaten, a short head on Thursday up at Liverpool. But... Around about 16 of his last, I don't know, 26 runners have all won. I mean, that is some record. And um, his horses are absolutely flying. He, run, run, rides, uh, he runs one, of course, Daphne May up at um, uh, Yarmouth. But he runs one called Walk in the Wild in the 310 at, um, at Chester. Uh, Chepstow, should I say. Um, and I think, I think that will win. All right, you are. Walk in the um, wild. You, uh, yeah, walk in the wild. You know those colours of Heartless South Racing. They've had a lot of winners hmm. um, over the years. I don't know how many they've had. They've had 200 winners or something. So, uh, but I think that should win. Walk in the wild at Chepstow. Okay. 310. It's not over exciting racing at Chepstow, but there's a few runners there, I suppose. But I tell you what, the jockeys down at Chepstow that aren't riding in the National, they'll be like, oh, why yeah. aren't we riding in the National? Mm. They'll be a bit depressed. You know? I suppect they will, yeah. I don't, I don't blame them. I'd probably be at the main one, but there you go. Yeah. And we're now going to go to the main one. So uh, on Saturday the 15th of April, it's Aintree for eight racing. The first race is the Maghole Novices Chase. Um and Nicky Henderson, who uh, had, of course, a couple of winners on Thursday. Um, John Vaughan runs in the first, and I think will win. We put him up at Cheltenham. I wouldn't say he's unlucky, but he was second to a very good horse called old Fabiola, beating five and a half lengths. But, you know, I think he'll make amends here. I think the track will suit him, and um, I think he'll win the 145. John Vaughan from the stable, of course, of... Okay. Well, he's on a bit of a flyer, isn't he, with uh, Siskin winning oh. and uh, Constitution Hill. So, uh, yeah. What what a couple of great horses, aren't they, really? Mm. Yeah, they are. Quite amazing, really. The, um, you know, the breeding of Constitution Hill. She's out of a mare called Queen of the something. Um, that Jane Williams used to train down in the West Country. Won a novice hurdle at some Exeter back in 2014 bred this blue and good horse Constitution Hill, and then the mayor went to the sales and made 340,000 euros, um, obviously on the back of just breeding one very good horse. Yeah, sure. there we go. 
There you go. Quite amazing. Quite but amazing. You don't right. often get two, though, do you? No, you don't, actually. You're absolutely right. Mm. Right, do you know, I put some um, at some... Um, uh, Aintree. No, up at Cheltenham, the other. I thought Erme Allen would win. Yeah. But I, think, I think the ground, ground went a little bit too tacky for it. And it finished six horse called Imper et Pass, which I think is probably one of the best horses I've seen for a long time. And um, this one uh, runs in the Turner's Mersey hurdle. And I think Erme Allen won't be far away. But I think the main danger to it could easily be. Jamie Snowden, you wear it well. Another winner at Cheltenham for the Snowden. I beat Magical Zoe by a couple of lengths. I reckon that's the forecast for the three o'clock at Aintree on Saturday. Well, hang on a minute because I've lost you now. So the three o'clock. What about In the, the two twenty-five? We're not doing the two twenty-five. I don't fancy the two twenty-five. Looks right. too hard. Okay, that's all right. So the three, Sorry. the three o'clock. Three o'clock. Okay. So what are we? What yeah. are we talking about here? We're talking about Erme Allen, number five, to beat number 15, You Wear It Well. Right, OK. Well, of course, that's uh, Jamie Snowden's horse. And uh, as yeah. he said, you don't get any easy Group 1, Class 1 uh, races. But he's fairly hopeful. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I'd say he would be. Hmm. Um, right, on to the... 335 is the Liverpool hurdle. I'll tell you what I think can win this is a horse called Champ, who I've always liked. Marie's Rock was a di bit disappointed the other day at um, Cheltenham, but Champ goes well fresh. And um, he was third last year to start the Berlin race, but he's not a bad horse. This, and um, you know, I think John Joe's kept him fresh for this race, so I'll take a chance. I'm a few bob each way around about. Eight to one. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go against you there because I think Dashiell Drasher is going to win that. Do you? Jeremy Scott's horse, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he ran it. Don't you remember? He was so unlucky in, at Cheltenham. I can't remember which race it was, I but know. came second, didn't Upstairs he? Upstairs Yeah. Great yeah. horse. Yeah. Great horse, but he's probably a better horse when um, the ground's a bit softer on a slightly stiffer track, in my opinion. But um, we've all got our opinions that's what it's all about yeah exactly okay so where are we going now then 335 we're going to go no we're going to go for the grand national now oh are we right uh okay right and and the grand national what, what a race isn't it really it is it is absolutely fantastic i'm going to give you four against the field in the grand national all right okay in the, in the in the last 10 years. In the last 10 years, two 11-year-olds have won it. And any second now, who's about a pound higher than when second the Noble Yates last year, must have a great chance at 16 to 1. Right. And I think Noble Yates has got a good chance as well of following up. Being fourth in the Gold Cup, I think that was a really, really good run. So is that one of your five but, then, Noble Yates? Yeah, Noble Yates and any second now, they're one of my five. Yeah. The other one of my five is always called Capodano, number six. Trained by um, Mullins, ridden by Danny Mullins. Um, it's got really good form. It's owned by McManus. And uh, I reckon this horse has got a right chance of, um, of of certainly getting the first four. Around about 18, 20 to one, you can back it. JP, not me. <laughs> 
He was great. He was a great wrestler, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think you're old enough to remember him. Yeah, I bet Mary remembers McMahonson. Yeah. and Steve Logan. Do you remember? Yeah, and Jackie Palo. Jackie Palo. He was blooming rude. That Jackie Palo. Yeah. He was naughty. He was a dirty player, like a dirty boxer. He used to sort of just sneak in and give him the odd sort of like straight fingers, didn't he? Um, anyhow, my third, my fourth selection in the Grand National is going to be number thirty-five. R Power. Oh, I've got, I've got that one down. Thomas. Yeah, I like him. I think he's got a real big chance. Yeah. He's won two this year. Whether he stays a trip or not, that's another matter. But I will tell you, the great thing about the Grand National is most of the horses, apart from horses like Delta, works work. Um, you know. Noble Yates, any second, who any second now. I mean, we know that they've covered the track and they have sort of run well. And of course, Noble Yates has won it, so we know they'll get the trip. But we are second guessing a lot of the other horses in the race. But um, no, I think you're right. I think um, our power's got a brilliant chance of getting in the first three at least. Yeah, I think you're right. I hope so anyway, because I'm going uh, to back him. Okay, that's four then. So yeah. who's the fifth one? Righty. Oh, well, do you know what? This weather, you just never know what's going to happen. If we got a deluge of rain, um, a horse called Fortescue would have a chance right down the bottom. Mm -hmm. He was running quite well last year. He's got the blinkers on for the first time. Um, he's a well-bred old boy, and he has landed a couple of big chases in the past. And if it, if it really rains, 66 to 1 for skew number 38. Okay. Excellent stuff. Well, look. That is the 2023 Grand National. Well, Mary, are you listening? Because if you are, this is just for you, Mary. Nobody else, just for you. There is a right, horse running at the Grand National. And provided we don't get too much rain, if it stays about kind of like it is now... It's got a very good chance. He's had a he's had a wind up, okay, uh, and that was not not the last race. The race before that, so that what's should, a wind up? A wind up, you know what a yeah. wind up is as much as I do. Well, no, but I was asking you what a wind up. Well, they stick was. a thing down his throat and they they get rid of bits of bits of of tongue and stuff out in the way, so he can breathe better. Muscle, yeah, okay. Is that well, a really done. that's a really scientific description of it? I thought. Considering, no. anyway, no, Mary, I hope that. you're still there because your your godson keeps interfering all the time. Um, now then, yeah, I'm just trying to find him. Uh, this horse, uh, just to give you the background, as I say, he's had a wind up, and uh, provided the rain doesn't come, I know uh, his owner very well, and I also know his owner's son because he plays cricket at our local village club, and the owner comes up as well. And the horse is called, as everybody's waiting with bated breath, but you're not supposed to listen. Yeah. It's just for you, this yeah. one, Mary. Okay. Sam Brown, trained Ooh. by Anthony Honeyball at Crewkern, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah. got a chance. Um, so keep an eye on it. But if, if you notice that we've had a lot of rain, uh, they might pull it if, if, if there's too much rain. Uh, but if he, if he runs, they must think he's got a chance. And he's 80 to 1. That's it. <clears throat> 81 first yeah. time window. Well, well done. Okay. Well, best of luck with that one. 
Yeah, well, we're all hoping. Noble Yates at Aintree in December, yeah. Mm. Fantastic, all right. All right. Fantastic. There you Sam go, Brown. then. Nice, nice name. Nice yep. name. Yeah. My, my mother's father is called Sam. Oh, well, there you and, go. Um, yeah. There you go. There we go, and we're called Brown. Yeah. Anyhow, listeners, have a, have a great na- Grand National weekend. It's very difficult, the Grand National. I mean, obviously, you know, back what you fancy. If you fancy a couple of hours, then get stuck in, but... Um, I, I advise you to bet first six places and have a lot of small bets. Yeah. Just have one big bet on what you really fancy and do all the rest each yeah. way. Because at the prices, exactly. I mean, you've got to do them each way, haven't you, really, with prices like that? Yeah. You know. Definitely. They're all each way prices, basically. Yeah. And plus the fact, of course, that uh, I'm just looking now to see <clears throat> um, bet three, six, five, I think, uh, where is it? Doesn't it say here? It doesn't say how much uh, they're, uh, how many, what they're doing, you know, how many, uh, how many places they're doing. Yeah. But I spent. Um, I should think they probably go each way about six places. Yeah. Six so or six. Yeah. You do a spe- special bet with them as well, so you can have each way seven or eight places. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, hopefully it'll be a good race. Everybody will get a winner. And, uh, you know, and hope Sam Brown will win. Absolutely. Best of luck. Yeah. Well, the, the Holder North Park Cricket Club will be on Sam Brown, I expect. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you That'd go. Be brilliant. Yeah, it Aww. would. Okay, then, Colin. Thank you very much for your selections and your Thanks, time. Andy. Thanks, listeners. And, yeah, uh, my pleasure. It's always great to come on your show. Uh, we'll speak to you next week, then, mate. Okay. We'll do that, all right. Take and just care, have a great weekend. Go on, cut that frozen meat up for the dogs now, for goodness sake. Oh, I've already done it, already done it. And then I'm just back in the winner. Right. Come on, take okay. it easy. Be See good. you soon. Cheers. Bye. Well, that was the Cheeky Chappie, Colin Brown, no less. And now we're going to go down to Brighton and catch up with Simon Holt of the Sporting Lot. Well, good morning, Simon. Sat in your car in the, in the field at uh, Liverpool. Uh, what's the weather like and uh, how's it all looking up there? Well, I'm actually sitting in a retail car park uh, looking at a big Costa Coffee sign because they put the press and the media in this retail park, which is very convenient. It's very well organised and yeah. uh, it's literally just a couple of hundred yards from the entrance to the course. Uh, the weather today is overcast and there was some rain as I drove here uh, this morning and... It looks as though it's going to be showers for on and off today, Friday, and tomorrow looks quite a bright day, uh, a dry day as well. So I don't think it's, unless there's a deluge today, which isn't really forecasted, I think the ground would be perfectly all right. I think it'll probably ride good to soft, something like that. I walked out on the Grand National course yesterday and I didn't think it was, um, well, put it this way, walking on the grass, your shoes didn't get wet. It was dry. Yeah, and um, I don't think that's a, a problem for horses that um, wouldn't want to see too much rain, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it would be fair conditions, actually, um, about good to soft, probably, depending on how much rain we have today. Good. OK, well, that means Sam Brown might well run. Well, that's good news. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's um, from a stable in form anyway, isn't he? Anthony Honeyball is going yeah. quite well now, and the horse yeah. won on the mild make one on the Marbay course last year. Um, don't know how he's going to fare over the big fences, but uh, he's got plenty of stamina, that's yeah, for sure. absolutely. So we're all hoping. I mean, I think the whole of North Park Cricket Club will be back at it. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, but, well, we're all hoping anyway. 
it'll be a big price, and um, I see he's just had a wind operation. So if that improves him, he's uh, yeah. he's got an outside chance. I would have oh. think good rider as well, Johnny Burke aboard. So, yeah, uh, yeah, very good, very good jockey. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we're all keeping our fingers crossed down here anyway. So we shall see. Be nice to get a local winner though, you know. Having prayed through the streets of Kruka, and that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I went in the past when I used to uh, work for the Sporting Life. It was often um, a task of mine to to go to the winning yard on the Sunday after the Grand National, and it is always a quite a joyous occasion. You know, it's something to be really celebrated, mm. and all the more so if it's a relatively small yard. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I remember going down to um, down to Devon after Seagram had won, and uh, trained by David Barons, and um, you know it was a wonderful atmosphere. Yeah, people were really excited and thrilled, having won such a major—not just a major horse race, but a major sporting event. Well, exactly, it catches the imagination, doesn't it? The Grand yeah. National—it's one of those special events, really. It you is. can't uh, you can't replicate it anywhere else. That's it. It's got to be at no. Liverpool, and it's it's the race to follow. It is. Very much so. So, anyway, it's a very competitive race this year. I think it's a very high-quality race. Um, we've got last year's first, second, and third. Uh, Noble Yates, any second now, and Delta work. And um, Noble Yates has, of course, improved a lot since last year. He was fourth in the Gold Cup last month. But he is £19 higher this year than he was 12 months ago. And any second now, he's been third and second in the last two Grand Nationals. He's up eight pounds from last year. They both seem to have, have had a very good preparation, but can they carry the weight? It's a, it's a big increase in their handicap ratings. Yeah. Uh, Delta worked it off a similar mark, but he was quite a long way behind Noble Yates in any second now last year. I think he, sh he should run well. So one is drawn towards perhaps horses with lighter weights, and the best handicapped horse in the race is definitely Korak Rambler who won his second ultimate chase at the Cheltenham Festival last month. Uh, only narrowly, but looked as though he had a bit in hand. He looked as though he was idling a bit on the uh, on the run-in. And uh, he's due to go up £10 in future handicaps because the Grand National is an early closing race to facilitate anti-post betting. Any horse that wins and improves his rating after the entry stage, or when the handicap ratings are published, the weights are published, well, that, that's not reflected. And so Corat Rambler is £10 well in. He'll have £10 more to carry in future handicaps. So if he takes to it, if he gets a good run round, he's got to have a big chance, I think. Mm, yeah, definitely, definitely. So what other ones catch your eye, uh, Simon? Well, you, I mean, it's a bit boring. I mean, I'm going for Corat Rambler. He's the favourite. It's very boring, isn't it? And mm. in actual fact, in recent years, since the fences have got a little bit easier, the average starting price of the winner has gone up. <laughs> <laughs> and last year, Noble Yates was 50 to 1. So the race is looking more unpredictable than ever. And you, you look at the form horses, but something comes comes along at a big price invariably. Um, mm. There's a few others which are double-figure odds, like Gallard de Menil, who won at Cheltenham. I think he stays well. He's a quality horse. Um, Le Milos for the Skeltons, who's had a good season, uh, won at Newbury uh, in the Coral Trophy early in the season, might have won at Kelso last time out, but was probably just kicked on a little bit too early. He's really has improved this year. And another one for Willie Mullins, who obviously is usually well-represented in these big races, uh, Mr. Incredible who I thought ran a, 
a good race at Cheltenham. He was third there and was second at Warwick in that uh, long-distance classic chase earlier in the season. Uh, so he's got a chance. For outsiders, I thought Henry de Bromhead's runner ain't that a shame with Rachel Blackmore aboard would have a chance. He's about 16 to 1. He looks the sort of horse that will relish this this kind of test. And Vanillier, a past winner of the Albert Bartlett, novice is hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival, another horse that uh, could be attractively handicapped, quite a good quality horse, but does seem to have a bit of problem uh, with his jumping. And uh, obviously, um, jumping is very important over the national fences. So there, there are a few others, but um, it, nothing would surprise me these days. No, it's one of those races, isn't it, really? There's nothing that uh, stands out like a, a sore thumb, as it were, that was going to win. But, um, well, it, it just makes it more interesting. I suppose the bookies will enjoy it because it'll be uh, a much more even book they'll have, won't it? Well, if they get another result like Noble Yates last year, they'll be laughing. Yeah. Um, but I think just generally, you know, you've, you've got some, if you look at the top six or seven horses in the handicap, and they're all they're all grade horses, you know, some of them grade mm. one horse, you know, Delta Workers running a gold cup. Um, Cappadano is a, a, a grade, not lovely seven-year-old, grade, grade one horse in Ireland, the big dog, Fury Road, Galvin. They're all really good horses. And uh, so the quality has really gone up. But they do have a lot of weight. And um, stamina, I think, is also more important than ever because they seem to go quicker than they used to in you know, the old days, decades ago, when the fences were bigger. And so you really do need a horse that's going to get the trip. Now, last year, there was no real suggestion that Noble Yates would be an out-and-out stayer on his previous form. But I think if you look at a horse, say like uh, Mr. Incredible, who's already run second in a very long-distance chase, um, but Gallard de Menil, who won the National Hunt chase at Cheltenham, that's three miles, six furlongs now. Um, you know, that's a big advantage, I think, horses that um, that have proven, have got the proven stamina. With Corrette Rambler, he's got to prove it. All you could say about him is that he always finishes so incredibly strongly over three miles, which offers hope that he'll get a real long distance, you know. Well, what sort of age do you think is the optimum age for a horse to win the National? I mean, I see there's a few seven-year-olds, but not that many. I mean, uh, is, is that a little bit too young, lacking in experience? Um, I think, obviously, experience is good. Um, I did have a look the other day, and it looked to me as though eight- and nine-year-olds are probably, that's probably the prime age. But we've had old horses winning the National as well, um, old stayers. But um, most of the runners in the field are eight or nine years old. There's a few 10-year-olds, and the oldest horses in the field are any second now. He's 11. Uh, Sam Brown is 11. Carefully selected as 11. Wamage is also 11. Uh, but you wouldn't rule them out on account of age, I don't think. I think it's much more important that they uh, handle the, the track, handle the race, and invariably, when horses get a bit older, they probably lose a yard, but they do stay well. Mm, yeah. Well, let's hope for everybody's sake it's a, it's an epic race, which it usually is, let's face it. And uh, yeah. let's hope we're all on the winner, whatever it may be. Well, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I always try and have a... I tend to go for a form horse. I'm a bit of a form man, and I like watching and assessing the handicap racing, but with a form horse, I also try and throw in a, a longer price as well, but uh, it's going to be Corak Rambler for me. 
uh, even though it's rather uninspiring, because he is probably going to be, unless there's a big uh, move for um, another horse, he's probably going to start the favourite, probably at around 15 to 2, I think 8 to 1 at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, most, most days of the week, you'd settle for a 7 or 8 to 1 winner, wouldn't you? So. Um, oh, yeah, too right. Yeah, any day of the week. Well, we tend to get we tend to get greedy though when you see all these big prices, don't you? And you think, no, well, I'm you, a bit do. Of that. you think you're going to you, you think you're going to back a twenty five to one winner, but yeah. it doesn't always work out like that. No, it doesn't, does it? But uh, <laughs> well, I should be concentrating on some of the local horses. So because uh, we've got because uh, Joe Tizard's got the big breakaway, and um, yeah, obviously Sam Brown, which we mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, see how things yeah. go. Really, you never know. Uh, so. I see they're putting blinkers on the big breakaway, which is interesting. He didn't really fire at Cheltenham. No. He ran very well in the Welsh National earlier in the season, didn't he? And yeah. Um, yeah. if the blinkers um, work for him, then you couldn't rule him out because he proved at Chepstow that he's got a lot of stamina. Yeah. And in the past, you know, he's always looked a pretty classy horse, albeit a little bit frustrating at times. But, um, you know, he's only got 10, pound, 10 stone 10 to carry with Brendan Powell in the saddle. Yeah. So uh, he's just one of those that one of many that you you couldn't entirely rule out no that's right and and you know joe we spoke to joe and you know he's he's he said i'm not going away with the fairies he said i'm just hoping for a a nice steady run and if you can get into a rhythm um and yeah. then he runs a good race you know he said i'm not i'm not going to say he's going to win i'm not going to say he's not going to win but uh, a very mm. down-to-earth approach i thought which was good yeah <clears throat> yeah and the horse has got Plenty of ability. I just think he hasn't always applied it. Maybe he's had a few issues during his career. He looked a really smart horse when he was a novice. Hmm. And um, anyway, that run at, run at Cheps, though, was a, a really good effort. And uh, on that, you'd have to give him a chance. OK, then, Simon. Well, let's hope we've got it all right. And uh, we can look forward to a nice <laughs> sunny afternoon. You don't get soaking wet. And uh, we yep. all have a winner. OK, AD. All the best. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you for joining us. Cheers for now, Simon. Well, that was Simon Holt from The Sporting Life, and now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Well, good morning. Uh, un unusual time for us to be speaking, Dave, but uh, how are you, and uh, how's things looking? Yeah, very well. A uh, bit of an unfortunate incident with a puncher in the car yesterday. Open the boot up and find no spare, but <laughs> there you go. Uh, we're over all of them issues now, and we're back home, and we're ready for... Entry on Saturday, so uh, we're uh, crack on with it. Okay, so um, are you going to do are you going to do the national separately to your lucky fifteen or what? We're just going to go through the card at entry this week. We've got a competition on at Harlequins, which is raising money this week for the injured jockeys fund. So we won't yeah. put the bet on. We'll uh, just okay. have. Uh, the money that's coming in from the Harlequin system this week, and uh, we'll get back to the lucky 15 next week. So, okay, that's fine. We'll kick off with uh, the 145 on Saturday at Aintree, and uh, one we like in the Mild May uh, novice chase is John Bond, funnily enough. Aidan Coleman taking a ride for Nicky Henderson, and uh, last time out, he ran at Cheltenham. Uh, a little bit up and down with if Cheltenham horses go well at Aintree, but you you hit them and miss them. Some do, some don't. Uh, Stage Star didn't on the first day, but Constitution Hill did. Uh, we're thinking John Bond will go well again. Uh, he was second to El Fabiolo at Cheltenham, and uh, previous to that, he beat Calico uh, in a funny old race. Calico took him on and went clear, and uh, John Bond come back at him and beat him quite easy in the end. Uh, Bainbridge is 
entered to run in the race again, but that ran on the first day of the festival, and I've got a funny feeling that may well get withdrawn overnight. And the horse that was second to Stage Star not long till May is in the race for Laura Morgan, and uh, Stage Star didn't produce his best form, and I don't know if not long till May will be up to John Bond's standard. So uh, first race on Saturday at Aintree, we're going with John Bond. Uh, John. Second to 25, a three-mile half-furlong village hotel's handicap hurdle. And in this race, we're going with uh, John Joe O'Neill, horse Otalier. Now, Otalier is going to be ridden by John Joe's son, John Joe Jr. And this fella's got some very good form in the bank early part of this year at Haydock in April. He beat in power length and a quarter. And previous to that he's run well through this april period he comes second in a big race at taunton uh previously and he's got a lot of good form uh, last time out he was six foot cheltenham behind good time johnny and he didn't get the clearest of runs in that race so uh he's going to be our tip in the second race as hotel and Talier for the john joe o'neill team okay Moving down to the three o'clock, and the horse that we really like here is Hermes Alan. Uh, it didn't produce its former Cheltenham. It was very, very strange. Horses that it had beaten at Newbury the previous time come out and won at Cheltenham, and uh, Hermes Allen was backed very, very heavily by the Paul Nichols team, but it just didn't produce its form. As I say, it beat you where it well with Jamie Snowden's at Newbury and the race there and it, it just didn't produce its form at Cheltenham but I've got a feeling it's going to bounce back again this time otherwise if it hadn't been showing its form at home I don't think Paul would have entered it again so we're going to side up there with Hermes Allen in the three o'clock right you are moving down to the 335 favorite of ours uh, John Joe O'Neill rides him and Nicky Henderson trains him and his name's Champ I think he's been uh, weighted with... Uh, he didn't go to Cheltenham this year, and he missed that. And his last run was on Boxing Day uh Kempton, where he finished third behind Paisley Park. As I say, he missed Cheltenham, which is very unusual for him, and I think they've targeted this race precisely for him. So uh, he's a very nice horse. He's won plenty of races for us, and... Uh, the other one to give a shout out to is a local horse of Jeremy Scott's, Dashwell Drasher, who finished second at Cheltenham, got relegated to third by the stewards, and then got promoted back by the stewards to second on appeal. So Dashwell Drasher, I think, will run a very good race. Uh, Jeremy Scott said after that run at Cheltenham that he wanted a little bit more time to get him absolutely spot on. So the two horses that I think will run very well in that 335 at Andrea Champ, who's our tip, and Dashwell Drasher, who's... Uh, a bit of a local horse for us. Rightio, absolutely. Moving down to the 4.15, one we gave a big shout-out to last time we run. He was in a small field race at Asker. Uh, Sam England's horse, Kinondu Kwaito, I believe it's pronounced. And uh, as I say, he, he run behind Oscar Elite of the Tizard team to Asker, but since then he's had wind surgery and this time out, he's also going to be tongue-tied as well. Now, obviously, they must have had a bit of a breathing issue with him in that race at Ascot. And previous to that, his form was just a line of ones. I think he won five or six in a row before that. 
and he looked a very, very good horse. So if the wind up first time out goes well for him, it, it, it could produce uh, a very good run for the horse. Now, some people say first time out, wind ups uh, don't work. They work second time, and other people say they either go work first time or they don't bother working. Also, it's very hit and miss with the wind ops, but I think Tam England knows what she's doing there, and I would imagine she's had a good run into this horse at home in between that Ascot race and now, so we're going to side up there with Kinodo Kuwaito. Right, you are. On to the big race of the day, the 5.15, the Grand National. Now, I think Noble Yates is a very, very good bet in this race. Uh, won the race last year. He's been highly tried in Class 1 races this year. He finished fourth in the Gold Cup, I think it was, last time out. And he is definitely the form horse of the race. And he's got Sam, uh, Sean Bowen riding him this time. And uh, obviously he's owned by the Whaley Cohens. Uh, Robert owns him and Sam rode him last year. And Sam retired after that race. Uh, so I've got a feeling that he'll run very, very well in that race, especially with the going drying out at the moment. I know they had overnight rain there, but tomorrow's forecast to be a nice warm day, so that ground will dry out nicely for him there. second tip that we've got in the race is uh, a horse called Le Milo's, trained by Dan Scout and really by Harry. He's run very well in the big races this year. And another horse that we think will run well is uh, the Tizard horse, ridden by Brendan Powell, the big breakaway. He ran very well in the Welsh National earlier in the year. I know that was on soft going, but Joe gave us that information earlier this year. He'd be going for the Nationals this year, and I think he's going to have a very big chance to run well in there. So right. That's three that we like in the National for you. Okay. And we just quickly go through the last race on the card the 620 a uh, bit of uh, after the Lord Mayor's show and a, an hour and a bit's break after the National till we get to the last one but we we like a horse here called Paul Le Filets for Gordon Elliott and it's probably going to be Davy Russell's uh, final ever race now this horse has only had two runs in his life it won its point to point and it then come out and uh, at Leopardstone it won in a photo finish from a horse called Did I Ask You That who's got some pretty good form, and it's been off the track since Boxing Day. So I think Mr. Elliot has lined this up as a farewell do for Mr. Russell, and it'll be his second retirement, and I think it'll be his final retirement, but I think this one will run very, very well in that last race there, so I want to keep it on for you. OK, thank you very much. Uh, certainly doesn't believe in doing things by halves, as I thought earlier, does he? No. So, uh, <laughs> the number of entries he's got in the Grand Nationals is a pretty joke, isn't it? Dear, oh dear. I know. But, uh, he's the trainer that he's won it before. It's uh, And people who want horses in the National put them with trainers that train for them specific races, and that's what he does. So yeah, uh, yeah. Horses for courses sort of thing, and obviously with the successes that he has with Delta Work and Tiger Roll and... All of them horses over the cross-country meetings as well through Cheltenham and everywhere else. It's, uh, it seems to be a speciality, really. So, yeah, uh, yeah. You can understand why. Uh, there we go. Well, there we go. Thank you very much for that, Dave. We will uh, speak to you next week, and let's hope that uh, somewhere over the line, somebody has a winner. Yeah, it'd be very good. Anyway, I think, I think we've tipped, I think we've tipped oh. over half of the, uh, the field in the Grand National from various 
people have come on the show so <laughs> you can say that yeah, people are going to be very confused as to what tobacco they well, we'll see yeah pick we'll your favorite tipster and go with him yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right mate speak to you again sweet cheers no problem cheers mate thanks bye well that believe it or not is the end of the show probably half the field tipped for the grand national best of luck with your selection i hope it's successful for you Above all else, I think we all hope that the race is, is incident-free, no problems with any horses or jockeys. Um, we just want a nice bog-standard Grand National where the best horse wins. So, until next week, bye for now. <laughs>